we're talking about why we like certain games tonight on this very special edition of Flail Forward. Oh, uh, are you supposed to be recording now? I'm recording. Oh, yeah, we are. (laughs) (laughs) And Catrice is here. It's Kat. We have almost a full house. If Jonathan jumps in, it'll be really weird. (laughs) (laughs) All we need is Car back, and then we'd have the original lineup. (laughs) Yep. And I should say, for the April Fool's episode, I really wanted to say, bring Car back to talk about something you know, that he would be interested in, and then just do an episode about Let These Mermaids Touch Your Dick, maybe. No. He would absolutely hate you. Well, <laughs> that's why, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, now that we've antagonized our ghost host, <laughs> uh, let's have the episode that we're doing. I'm Rob. I'm I'm probably hosting this, I guess. Although this wasn't my idea, this was Kat's idea, which is a great idea. Uh-huh. Talking about the games that we love, like D and D and Shadowrun, and what we love about them, specifically the mechanics. <laughs> I dice mean, pools. it's an pool. dice, dice pools. day joke. Okay. No, no. dice pools that go over thirty-six. Why are they good? Be- because they make lots of no because they make lots of noise. That's right. They're useful for people who have large hands to not feel awkward. <laughs> it lets me use all of my stupid dice that I have all at once. Mm-hmm. That's a very about I thought we were supposed to be joking. Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a good use for people who have like a bucket of use exes. Yeah, there's something quite satisfying about upending an entire dice brick as a roll. Mm-hmm. Just, you know. Though it is right. a little odd that you have to count the dice before you roll them, just to make sure you're rolling enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this uh. happened in Shadowrun. Uh, actually, that, that, that's most of what you do in Shadowrun, I feel. Is counting how many dice you have. Yes, but it, it, it it reinforces a very important skill. Yes, remembering how to count, which I have learned, uh, it's not actually so. It's actual actually has some use because there are there are occasionally things in the one shot thing I run where I realize I I did not remember how to count. <laughs> <laughs> I am not using it on a regular basis. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, to clarify, uh, I should probably say I have to actually think about numbers more than I think I I should. But that's beside the point. Um, did you know that they that they invented numbers below a hundred at some point? What? The, Who would use those? Yeah, yeah I know. Definitely and, not astronomers. Yeah. <laughs> and and. Like no, I'm not even talking about those normal numbers, like where you multiply them by a power of a negative number instead of a, a positive number, like when you normally express numbers. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. I, it, it, it we're it's experiencing I. 
<laughs> no, I don't. I don't mess with I that much. That's not really a. It's not it's really not a, real. Yeah, it's not real. But <laughs> that's not what I was saying. But that's right. We have managed to get into math jokes. Just, just deal with it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I was making a joke about uh, outside of role playing games. How rarely I actually use things that are not scientific notation. <laughs> I'll get yeah. rational. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. Probably something to do with Shadowrun, because Shadowrun is a is a role playing system where scientific notation might be relevant. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, uh, mm, well, I don't know. Actually, I think the it's only the, the only uh, the only role playing game system that I can think of that actually uses an equivalent to scientific notations is Rifts, which is a very good game that everybody should play at least something of. Yep, definitely. Yeah, Rifts is a great game. It's a great game for cool people. Definitely. There's nothing wrong with it. No, Rifts is great. It allows you to shoot things with a cannon bigger than yourself. Yes. And... One handed? Yes. Yeah, of course. I approve of this. Rifts, clearly the best part of Rifts is, is its progression mechanics and how it decides where the success is and no, and no, and nothing else. Oh, actually, no, its setting is very, it has very good parts of its setting, clearly. They're all very well thought out and <laughs> there's a clear sense of organization to the whole thing. Plus, you can be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle in it. And if that's not cool, I don't know what is. Well, yes, you can be any. Yes, that is. No, but the... they specifically have rules. Strangeness. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I forgot <laughs> if Night Veins is compatible with standard. Oh wait, of course it is. <laughs> it's Palladium. Yeah, of course it is. Palladium. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Cool. That's another one down. Like, yeah, riffs. Great. Um, I really enjoy how it. Um, how it has a lot of different skills for attacking that are all the same thing. That's not true. Boxing boxing makes you better at fighting. Dodging. Yeah, it makes you better at dodging. It's good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, damage expressions in rifts are, are, they do do times 10, I think. Here is mega damage. Times 100, something like that. Uh, mega damage. Oh god, I it's more than a hundred. Is it? I think is so. it a thousand? It's a thousand times. So when you get punched by a dragon in rifts, you can actually explode. Sometimes, depending on the dragon, if the dragon's punchy enough. If they have MDC and you don't have MDC, you just liquefy. Yeah, you just evaporate. <clears throat> to be fair, there. are there are games where this is relevant. Like Battletech has that too for naval weapons, which expressly cannot target anything smaller than a dropship. So infantry is technically safe unless they just target the area. But why would you just target the area? You can, because you, can... you just want all of the infantry in that area to evaporate? I guess. I mean, 
if you're using naval weapons, you don't even have to worry about cleaning up the uh, fine red mist afterwards. I do think it's probably not a terrible idea, though, in certain game systems to actually have, like, a very large difference between normal combat and large-scale vehicles that you should not be able to compare using a sword versus orbital bombardment. Hmm. That is true, hmm. but it's also sick to jump up in the air and cut missiles in half. So, yeah. I mean, I mean I, you're you're right, but it also, you know, it can just be fun to jump at a spaceship and cut it in half or whatever. So, eh, depends. Hmm. I mean, this hmm. type of thing my game would do, but my game is not trying to be that realistic without magic like it is going kind of stupid in that regard for games that are trying to be like you know gritty and realistic I don't think they really appreciate cutting missiles in half even if it is pretty epic to do hmm gritty realism does not appreciate cutting missiles in half that sounds like a knock against gritty realism, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I don't appreciate gritty realism, then. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Right. who would? <laughs> you can't cut a missile in half. Yeah, what, what I was going to say, uh, also already that, if your, uh, if your system needs to track both those types of damage, uh, to, to, what was it going to say? It depends on the primary focus deal, but the other one should would probably just be like if I'm doing this and I know this is what this conversation is about the other one is assume it is enough to kill you and move on with your life or assume it is insignificant depending on which scale you're working on I wouldn't want to do I, I wouldn't want to mess with a game that used more than one damage scale aside from risk which is great and obviously makes sense uh, <laughs> <laughs> right I'm sorry what was I talking about uh scope yeah yeah okay just uh what, what what's another does, does gerps have a different damage scale i feel like it does Ger some gerps has, gerps is modular uh yeah well yeah yes so it can have different damage scales or not depending on if you like different damage scales or not yeah it, it is not part of the core uh, yeah it's not rules. Right. yeah yeah <laughs> although i can but think of at least is? two different ones that introduce oh wait a second I think the vehicles are part of the core. What, wait a second. In fourth edition, I think vehicles are part of the core book in fourth edition. So I think they might have. Oh, okay. <laughs> a, a modular part of the rules. That, 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 this is way too esoteric. This doesn't make any. Like, who yeah, cares? Yeah, yeah, no, it's gross. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, we understand. We do. That's right. This is a game design podcast. We care. Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. And some players definitely care. Yes. I am glad I don't run games for them. Anyway. Um... <laughs> yeah, some players are grogs. It's true. And some players enjoy the fun of trying to make a vehicular scale weapon handheld and just yeah, seeing, no, I, seeing what that does. I understand. I, I really do. 
I I had uh, I am thinking of the multiple times. This is not directly related, but it, it feels very relevant. I am thinking of the multiple different campaigns I have sci-fi campaigns I have run where it was it was concluded that spaceships are melee are melee weapons. <laughs> well, against other spaceships, yes. Yes, and, and also against individuals that might happen to be in those spaceships. If you're, if you're um, a really good pilot. <laughs> anyway. <Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, or that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very large gun that is an anti that, that yes it's not a gun it's, it's a melee weapon it's a melee weapon yeah that is a club that can also fire bullets <laughs> it, it is a club that theoretically can fire lasers but most but mostly but mostly it is a it is a club on an entirely different scale that is self-repelled <laughs> <laughs> it, it unfortunately does have ammo. <laughs> it unfortunately does have ammo, though. I, I, I run into topics I might be prepared for. <laughs> <laughs> so, because this is a podcast and not a visual medium, Catrice uh, has just given us a picture of Gun Jesus with a um, <laughs> an anti-material rifle. And then a room in Prague Castle where they show all the weapons people tried to put guns on. <laughs> you have something against putting a gun on an axe? Um, I don't. No. I, think, I think that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Clearly, clearly what they were doing is they were just they were just realizing the ship's potential as a bayonet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that 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 and adding flanges to a gun barrel just makes sense to turn it into a flanged mace. I mean, come on. Yes, the double gun guitar is another <laughs> because that it makes perfect sense. It's obviously quicker to just flip the guitar over than to reload a gun. Well, at least a muzzle loading gun. Yeah, Catrice, I find no flaw in your logic. If you're going to carry two what look like flintlock guns into barrel, you might as well join them in the middle with a, with a big <clears throat> dagger and grab grab them such that you would be you could you could conceivably shoot both, I guess, with one hand, which just turns you into a John Woo character, and that's great. Like, why would you not want to be some sort of, um, you know, kung fu gun god? Yeah. The point Kung Fu here is all those games yeah. that point out that this is completely unrealistic. Reality has proven otherwise. Reality. That's a very good point. Some bullshit. That's a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, there is a standard that there are things that you cannot include in fiction due to being unrealistic that would that totally have happened to the real world and make. And we just have to live with that. Like you have, what makes things re seem realistic and what is actually realistic are not the same thing. And that's just true. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Welcome to Flail Forward, where all your illusions are destroyed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kinda. But this was a good illusion to destroy. Yeah. Like, yeah, this particular part exist. of it. Yeah, this particular part of it. That's great. Uh, <laughs> what uh, I, uh, I, I can name the political. I could go through the political history of several countries, and if I put that on a role playing game. Everybody would everybody would think I was trying to push an agenda. Or they would just say that's bullshit. There's no way that exists. Yeah, there, there, there's no way that would ever happen. I that <laughs> is a meme in world building that does come up it fairly yeah. frequently is like people will go through like a map and be like, Yeah, this is unrealistic. These two countries like you don't have a natural border between these countries they're going to be constantly at each other's throats uh, all these other problems with it like this is completely unrealistic this is basically a trope what are you doing with this and it's like it's a map of Europe yeah that is, that is the classic one the classic one where is the where the map of Europe has all, has all these convenient chokeholds and like because fantasy maps were engineered yeah it's, it's a whole thing but <laughs> That one's actually yeah. has more density into it than you think because anyway. If you want to make a fantasy map, Europe is actually not a bad place to start. As it is good for fantasy. If you pick something like you know, the Sahara Desert, it's kind of open without a lot of uh interesting stuff in it. I mean, there is interesting stuff in it, but you're not going to find it. It's fine. Uh, Giant open desert, the RPG. I think that exists. It's called Dune. There, yeah, there, there, are a few, oh, yeah. there are a few of them, actually. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the idea. Oh, God, what, what was that one by Vincent Baker? Anyway, it's fine. Aquas World? <laughs> no, not that one. Although that one can happen in a giant open desert. That is true. I was thinking of something more specific, uh, more structured. Uh, it's the one where people turn evil uh, if if they're if they survive through their plot. It's called. It's fine. I'm <laughs> in a wicked age. I think. Oh, in a wicked age. Yes, that's a. Oh, I guess that is supposed to be in a desert. Yeah, I guess so. I I had forgotten that, but yeah, I remember from like the feeling tones of it, like yeah, yeah, they were sort of like yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm glad I remember the what it was called. Uh, anyway, yeah. Well, to actually get back on topic a little bit, no, I we are trying and failing, but trying. To point out that even a lot of the games that we might rag on a lot, they do actually have some good things to them. And I I will agree that while D&D may be oversimplified in some ways and overly complicated in others, it it is relatively easy to describe the basics of play to people at this point, like, especially with 5th edition, like, 
it really does have an advantage of like persons like I I don't know how to play D and D's like I can literally just be like okay so anytime you're not sure what happens roll the d20 if you're skilled at this thing add two plus one quarter of your level if you're in an advantageous position roll two dice and take the better one or if you're in a disadvantaged position roll two dice and take the lower one and if you have a lot of strength or these others uh, mm-hmm. stats that describe your you know physical and mental capabilities then you might be able to add up to plus five to that as well and it's like this describes 90% of the game the rest is basically special case exemptions from those rules right yeah like weapon damage which is for some reason a separate role Uh, I know I know I know. Also, also, uh, I think the third, even fifth edition, still has like fifty plus pages of spells that all largely do the same thing. I mean, basically, they're all variations of damage, except for some utilities. I mean, there there are spells that don't do that, but most of them do that. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. So um, that that's so it's it's like to to your point, very simple in some regards. Unbelievably overly complex in others, like uh, you know, handing handing a new player, like say say a new player wants to join Fifth Edition is like I want to play a wizard. Cool, you get to play a wizard. Here's your choices at first level, and it's like I've never played the game. I don't know what any of this means, and it's uh, you kind of it's a lot. Like you know, I appreciated the game, like like Dungeon World and so forth that allowed you to do the wizard fantasy thing without an exhaustive list of abilities or even mage the awakening right where you have like two arcana or something like that when you start the game maybe three and that still gives you a heck of a lot to do that's something that probably should be done for D. I don't know why they don't do this, but because they have backgrounds now with specific things, you could have like a background that just says you start with these specific spells. Mm-hmm. It it would it would severely reduce the initial complexity for new players. They'd just be like, I, "Oh, I have this list of spells. I know what I know." I believe they do. I believe they have packages that are like here. If you want to play. This thing get here. This is your, this is your pre-built. I, I think that's in the player's handbook. Although I'm not 100 percent sure. I could be misremembering that. But, I don't think that's in the player's handbook for my memory. Okay. Okay. It feels like it's something that should be, but it feels like something that would probably be included in an expansion book of some sort. Yeah. I maybe I'm remembering a fourth edition book where it had like a layout of a starting characters, so like select this, this, and this if you want to do X. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. I mean, that definitely sounds like a 4th edition book. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, okay. So, yes, that's an, that, is, that is something about D&D that's, that's quite, at this point, I wouldn't say that was a possible thing you could do prior to 5th edition. Uh, 
I mean, fourth was kind of there, but not not quite. Fourth was still like you're selecting from a fairly chunky list of abilities anytime you want to do something. Uh, but I, I, yeah, no, I appreciate that about fifth that it is, you know, the the basic mechanic has been stripped down to almost nothing, which is quite good for what it needs to do. Yeah, I mean, it's actually useful in a lot of ways. Like it basically turns it into a rules light game. It's still like a two hundred page rules light game, but it is rules light which makes it much easier, more accessible for um, basic players who don't know what they're doing and don't know the rules. Like, you can have a new player sit down, not know any of the rules of the game, and they don't actually need to know the rules of the game to play it for the most part. Like, somebody else can make their character for them, and just point out occasionally that there's things they can do. And right. it probably works. It's a messy way to do it, but it's potentially functional. Right. I believe that there is a non-zero chance that for most editions of D&D, you will get a better game by going by your assumptions and vaguely half-remembering the rules than actually playing it by the rules. But that's... <laughs> <laughs> that is not me, but that's, that's not as yeah. much me dragging it as a as it sounds like. Uh, no, it's not. It actually okay. So, I mean, to your point, the second edition rules for initiative are not not a thing anybody actually knows. <laughs> there no. is some. There is somebody who know who knows no. them. <laughs> no, there isn't. No, there is not, because they, they there there is no way to ru- to play the initiative rules in second edition by the book. It's not possible. They're 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 <laughs> they're, they're they're hilariously contradictory. You should you should see them. Look at the col- anybody here. I'll just link to the collected initiative rules for for second edition D and D, uh, and you will notice that uh, nobody used these, like nobody. Uh, not even the designers. Not even the designers. Yep, that's a good mechanic. That's a great mechanic. Uh, it's a great mechanic in that uh, it was so bad, everybody just did what they wanted. Everybody just assumed it was simpler and more sensible than it actually was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Strangely enough, sometimes that actually works. Yep, people just no. don't read the rules or they misinterpret them or they're just like yeah this is easier I'm going to do it this way and that's it yeah I I do actually know that there are real people who use encumbrance rules in D&D and they scare me don't... I'm afraid of those people <laughs> those are those are they're <laughs> lying to you Gavor they're making that up no, I don't believe them no I, I know for a fact they're not lying to me but and I will explain how I know that. <laughs> it's There's fine. There's some people who like complex systems, and they're, they're, they're really there. There's complex, and there is annoying. And there, yeah. And there, and there is. I I had to I had to buy extra stuff as a starting character because I because I could not because my character could not carry the amount of gold that they started with. 
I mean, especially in older editions, like your encumbrance was pretty low until you got okay. like past like like fifteen strength. Like most characters actually couldn't carry starting equipment. It's like, yeah, you can carry twenty pounds. It's like I can I can't carry cloth armor. I can't wear a gambeson. <laughs> so I posted the PDF in, in the little chat there, uh, which is the 20-page consolidated rules for initiative. Wait, 20 page? Correct. So just a nice, concise little pamphlet. It very is, it simple. Is, it, is the rule, <laughs> it is the rules of written, rules as written that affect initiative. Um because of the segment stuff. Oh, so, right. They So magic users uh, have segments. So spells that are, uh, that are cast take effect uh, some tick later in the initiative count. So, I, really, so, I really like the initiative of, what's it called? Uh, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. It was a really good system for, uh, for a video game. It, it was a good system for was? a video game. I wanted to put that in for my initiative system, and it's com it is a pain in the ass to track on paper. Like, yeah, no, you need you a computer to do it. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was exactly what I was saying. I was trying to make a joke about it. Anyway, oh, and also when uh, when when initiative is tied, you 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 refer to weapon speed factor to determine who strikes the first blow. So that's when you reference weapon speed factor. Or one of the times you do. Yeah, I'd forgotten about this chart thing. So, like, it breaks attacks down into basically even an odd. So, like, the first segment in a turn, anybody with six attacks hits first. Then, if there's then after that, person with five attacks will get their attack. Then after that, the person with four attacks gets to hit first, and the person with six attacks gets to hit second. So basically, it's every other segment you get to attack. This yeah. actually makes sense, but you basically need the chart to visually see it and understand what this means. Without okay, so the, the chart, this is nonsense. So the best part of so the best part of the of this uh initiative thing is uh you is that the things that they are describing have a bibliography for every page. Uh -huh. That references multiple different books. <laughs> yes. The, the yes. that's the bit I'm still stuck on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah hmm. like one of the reasons the rules were deemed this second edition initiative are kind of unplayable because they're not in one place <laughs> oh god yeah some of these are player's handbook some of them dungeon master's guide which I know why they set that up but then there's things like yeah unearthed arcana has notes about this and it's like wait why that's not a standard book. 
Why does this need to be in here? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, give me a second. I'm actually going to look at that. <laughs> well, so that you have to give old Gary Gygax another 20 for Arthur Arcana, I mean. Mm-hmm. You did good. <laughs> oh, it's a note specifically. Flame Blade is specifically treated as a scimitar. Yeah, so, initiative. Uh, we like it, and your system should be as complex as possible, because going first matters the most in RPGs. You know, okay, you know what's a really good initiative system? The, the feng shui uh, shot tracker system. That's some good stuff. That's all I need to say on that, that's but that's good stuff. That 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 was better in a horrible trash system that I won't mention my name. Uh, they had a better version of it. <laughs> <laughs> God, I I wish I could because it did that one thing very well. Uh, I I don't want to admit that I played the game though. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a second. Water, that almost makes it worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does. <laughs> uh, sorry, I know we're I know we're like talking about uh poor game like bad games and all that. Uh yeah, there there are some things that I have played that I don't want to reference and and I'm sorry, that just exists for me. Wow. Is there any hmm, is there any game that I've played, actually played, that I don't want to reference? Let me think about that. Hmm. I haven't actually played Fatal. <laughs> I haven't actually played my Furlog. Haven't actually played. Hmm. I don't think so. I don't think I've actually. That's fine. That's fine. Uh... I mean, I've I've actually played Hole, but that's <laughs> that's not that that's not that weird. Hole's a playable game in some regards. Oh yeah, the 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 game is playable. There there are just things about it that. Uh, anyway, it, 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 I will say, I have a lot of things that, oh god, I'm still stuck in thinking about this game. Uh, there were, it is the game that has that did the best at scratching that, like, weird, I want to make a weird optimized monster in, in the system <laughs> that I have encountered, and that, that, that is probably the, the best thing about it. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, well, oh, now, God. I mean, come on. What the? Yeah, I know. I, I feel I feel bad because this is just me free thinking because I really don't I really don't want to advertise it in any conceivable manner. Okay, so uh, uh, speaking of games that I got enjoyment out of, despite uh, their very high quality mechanics, uh, shout. Uh, I had a lot of fun with a game of Savage Worlds, and I have never clicked. Uh, yeah, I, I can't do the joke version. I have never clicked or agreed with a lot of its design decisions. They always feel a bit off to me, but I find its combat a weird mix of plotting and lethal in the wrong ways, and uh, 
I can say that one of the, that I have had a lot of fun with Savage Worlds in the same in the same breath. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, same. It's weird. I, I I totally get where you're coming from. It has <clears throat> combat's got this weird stop start thing going on. Yep. It feels kind of like American football, where where something some some action happens and everybody has to stop and figure out like. What to, what precisely the outcome of the action is, but it, it it there's a there there's a I don't know there are there are ways it can go smoothly in my experience the the games tend to well it depend it really depends on what you're using it for yep I guess uh but yeah it can it can become really weird and it depends on. Uh, the the more abilities you have in Savage Worlds, like the the clunkier it gets for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Any what was I? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I did. Uh, no, sorry. I just want to talk about games that are good now. <laughs> okay, so a thing that I love in a game is the mechanic in Ruyutama. Um, which is the, oh my god, I can't, the problem is I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. Um, but anyway, it's, it's the role you make at the start of the day before you go out traveling. And it's great because you can roll a d6 and either you're great and everything is fantastic for the rest of the day, or you roll badly and you're boned for the rest of the day and you might as well just go the fuck back to sleep. Just like real life, you know. <laughs> God, I I was going. Uh, I, for the record, I was. Is that a, is that that's a real thing? Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's totally it, real. Uh, oh man, no, I didn't know that. At the start of the day, you can either uh, it is modified by one of your stats, actually, mm-hmm. which makes it worse. <laughs> um, you can you can either get minus two on most rolls for the entire day, or plus one, or zero. It's so great. It feels so yep. good. I assume it's a D6 system. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, mostly. Huh. Oh. Yes, it, ha- it has some weird random D20s in it, Ryotama, unless that they got rid of that in a later edition. Yeah, uh, I think there's some like weird D20 stuff still thrown in there, and at least the edition mm-hmm. I have. Yeah, I don't know. The, the last time I actually played Ryutama, uh, we were all playing uh, uh, Neko Goblins. I forget their their correct term. And uh, <laughs> let's just say we basically baseline assumed everybody was incompetent, so uh, things were falling apart. So it actually worked out great. <laughs> like I had a lot oh, of fun. That's that's the best way Savage World works too. Yep. We we did a goblin game where everybody was goblins and fighting like fantasy heroes and it was it was a blast because everybody was assumed to be uh like half a fuck up and it was and everybody also had got there everybody was like this a, a tiny little chieftain of a goblin tribe so they had minions that would just die in combat for them when they would take a hit and that was very entertaining for people just like kicking minions in front of people's attacks was yeah. It was good. Fun game. 
Okay. Sorry, that was actually that was actually a positive thing about. <laughs> uh, that was a real that was a real positive thing. About, God damn it, Rob! But, sorry, I fucked up the premise. Uh, that was the premise. Oh right. Uh what other things? Oh well, this is the okay thing. The first time, the first time we played um, One Ring, I really enjoyed how uh, the all the travel mechanics were based on one roll that some races couldn't start with. And so uh, what, was, what was fun about that is uh, two characters uh, who were supposed to be really good at combat ended up sucking at combat because they didn't like camping. <laughs> and it was, it was really fun for them. And then we never played the game again. That sounds painful. <laughs> no, it was, it was a blast. <laughs> Although the I will say I will say the combat in that game is actually one of the better versions of theater of the mind combat in a in a fantasy game. Unless in you that, aren't well rested. Unless you aren't well rested, right? In which case, in which case, half your dice don't work. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to swing a sword right if you're tired as shit. Yeah, or if somebody was mean to you earlier. That's the other thing that does heart damage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I, I satisfied the curiosity for people who are actually in the podcast, but because I think I felt bad about it. Okay. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Well, now I'm going to look and tell everybody. I'm sorry. Yep. No, I have. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yep. Okay. Fair yep. enough. <laughs> anyway. You know what? I should I should force I should force my players to play the recommend RPG. No, uh, <laughs> my one shot game. I don't. See if we can figure it out. Uh, no, uh, that that would be that would be better. Um, <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Uh, so yeah, uh, did, uh, what what's what other system? Oh right, the 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 Final Fantasy uh, role playing. Uh, Zodiac Age role-playing system is very good because it exactly replicates video game mechanics that are definitely supposed that and that were and it definitely feels like you are you are a com- you are doing a computer. This I have the same opinion of FE twenty. Yep, except for it's even worse in that case. <laughs> oh, there is this old or there is this old Fallout role-playing game. It's the Fallout pen and paper by jason mccall if anyone is interested and it is a pretty direct translation of the original fallout role-playing games and like you spend a lot of the game doing fucking algebra shit and like oh i don't i don't want to be a computer yeah the the the, well the, the fallout rpg the original fallout rpg rules were based on gerps hmm and uh, they couldn't get the license, and they ended up uh, splitting the stats up, and uh, and then all the mechanics were basically the same. So that's why your hit percentage changed based on movement and distance, because GURPS has that the movement distance subtract from shot table, where you take the velocity, the last turn's velocity, 
of the target you're aiming at and the distance and you take you add the two penalties together and that's your uh that's subtracted from your act the gun's accuracy which is then added to your skill roll oh, no subtracted from your skill roll and then you roll under that no, no added to your added to your skill roll and then you roll under that number yeah hmm. so that's 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 the way fallouts Guns are working in the video game. So Jesus. I know. <laughs> and, and, and and then somebody reverse engineered it and didn't didn't resimplify it, I guess. They were just like, here is some algorithms that you can use for combat. Good luck. Yeah. Fuckers. Right. Right. Or you could just get the Gatling laser and then roll a bunch of D6 and have a dude get vaporized. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think relating to something we said earlier, like if you get if you come together with some friends, I can almost guarantee that you'll have more fun just rolling a d twenty and like going, oh, you fail or you pass, than trying to play some fucking complicated system. Than trying to play d and can pretty much guarantee that. Any addition? Yeah, that 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 depends on who. Done there this. Are. Mm-hmm. I have done this and I found that it doesn't actually work very well. Like to some degree, there still needs to be some way to say whether your character is good at something or bad at something. I I, I love the way cat rebuts pure, pure role playing. I've, I've done pure role playing without any dice. I've done it where there's dice involved, but there's no modifiers. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I, actually have found if you add dice but without any modifiers anything to weight the dice Mm -hmm. it actually leads to a lot of uncomfortable situations where very frequently because it's blind luck characters that are supposed to be good at stuff generally aren't very good at that thing or vice versa Mm -hmm. and it really does mess with your sense of like the reality of the game when everything's like backwards of what it's supposed to be. It's like this character is supposed to be really good at, you know, talking their way out of situations, but they suck in combat if they get into it. And it's like the reality is completely the reverse of this. This isn't what it's supposed to be. It, actually comes out really awkward. It's interesting because that's probably like where the lasers and feelings hack comes from, where it's like it's still just roll a die, but at least there's some uh distinction of you know, are you good at this or are you less good at it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like there doesn't need to be a lot, but there right. has to be something there. It's actually worse to roll a die without modifiers than to not roll at all. I agree. Mm. Anyway, Unless, what else? Uh, uh, what what other things can I? What other uh, silly things can I could I complain about? Uh, don't, uh, uh, no, I don't. I I really enjoy how in Vampire the Masquerade, <laughs> in Vampire the Masquerade, uh, you are supposed to, you 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 have so many powers that are supposedly completely inaccessible to any playable character. 
Yeah. That's great. It's like all the stuff. Yeah. All the stuff from generation. What? All the disciplines of five and higher, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I really like it when when systems have pet NPCs that you're not supposed to kill or interact with in any meaningful way. <laughs> uh, yeah, those those are definitely very good choices. Oh, yeah, or when they introduce <laughs> just God and stat out God and give it like 3 million HP and every spell in the book. And it's like, well, great, but it's not a thing that players are going to interact with. Except for when they do, and that, uh, that's no type of fun. <laughs> um. <laughs> they do find a way to do it. Like people have even figured out ways in, say, D and D five E to do technically, functionally infinite damage at level one, <laughs> which uses a stupid. Elven sword that basically gets an extra d6 for every person that has owned it. It's really stupid to set that up. No, but... that's that that can't be a core thing. That has to be somebody's supplement that was written. That's not that can't be a real. That's <laughs> that. It's, it, no, hang on. <laughs> Fifth edition is so like mathematically tightly designed that I can't I can't imagine that's a thing. That's that's an official supplement. I I can see that in some some like some other fifth edition book that somebody wrote, right? If that's nope, official, it is. That... It is one of the core books. I oh boy. believe it was in the new Unearthed Arcana. I It'll... could be off on it, but yeah, it is. It is an actual official thing. Uh, well, it's it does rely very very heavily on. The GM actually letting you do it, or the DM in this case. Oh, well, that's that's okay. That's different. It it's dumb yeah. though. So can I just say real quickly that I disagree with Rob saying that Five E is a very tightly like mathematically designed game, because I tried to make encounters in Fifth Edition, and the monster math oh makes that. no sense. It's garbage. Not in that way. No, no, that that part it sucks. No, that that part. No, I mean it's really great at doing encounter balancing and and letting you uh, estimate what your players can handle. It's great at that because uh, challenge rating was great at that to begin with, and then they moved over to the crappy system where you could just look up a number uh, in fourth edition and then put a number of monsters in your encounter equal to the number of players, and that was you, you were done. Uh, and then they moved back to challenge rating, which is way better and totally doesn't have hundreds of thousands of forum posts dedicated to um uh people running into it face first oh yeah no it's yep. it's great right. it makes so uh, much sense yeah so not that part i'm talking about the the tightly designed part is where they don't let players have more than plus 10 to anything and break the dice math or the damage expressions are really really tight like you, it's really hard to get outside the expected bounds of damage in D and D. Like, like very almost nothing stacks anymore. You can only have one concentration spell active, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what I was talking about. Uh, from the DM's perspective, yeah, uh, building an encounter is a crapshoot. That's that's my fifth edition experience. Uh, so. Mm. 
like sometimes sometimes it feels really good and sometimes it was it's like it just drags out forever and sometimes it's and sometimes it just doesn't it's like this is i'm literally not doing anything except rolling a d20 until this thing dies <laughs> and this is yeah and i don't know it doesn't feel very dynamic fifth edition combat that was that's uh and that's what i love it's great to stand there and roll a d20 and say i swing my shillelagh at the bear again they don't uh, have bears they only have bug bears i bug bears yeah there you go yes. much better okay Swing my shillelagh at the bugbear again. Yes, at the bugbear. I will swing my shillelagh at the at the bugbear again, and uh, that's my turn. Fantastic. Good times. <laughs> having having one optimal option you do over and over again for many levels is uh, that's fun. Cool. I want to have yeah. other <laughs> options or like you know, interesting ways to interact or anything. Well, you want those there so that you know that you're the smarter player for not using them. <laughs> That's correct. You do not want to use sub-op trash. You are correct, Patrice. You, we don't want to be using spells that do a piddly d6 damage when you could be doing d8. Yeah, that's uh, what was I going to say. I had something I wanted to talk about. Oh yeah, Val. <laughs> Val Central AG is a very good system because uh, you because the way it adds it adds points to you uh, means that you could, that you know exactly what you want to put points in, and until you until you suddenly don't, and that's that's very good. Uh, God, I don't, I don't, I was gonna, I was, I thought I had more coherent thoughts, but I don't. No. So that's fine. <laughs> this is a terrible topic. This is like, we're just trying to remember all the stuff we've been trying to forget as designers. <laughs> yeah. yep, 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 yep. <laughs> the, especially me, where my brain is like, uh, I have had multiple, like, long-running groups where I played a lot of short campaigns or one-shots mm -hmm. and I w and there was a point where I was just like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll try to run anything if, if you people are vaguely interested in it, and that produced some results. <laughs> uh, also, the bet, also, uh, Icon Dice are the best mechanic in 13th Age because the because having to, to keep track of another thing that's stored to have uh, to have a substantial effect, but it but it is vague, but is cool, especially when you don't quite know what that effect will be, because it's designed in a way where you can't directly know how to use it or when you should be saving it for. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. That. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Those are. Yeah. That. Hmm. My players noticed that too. That, that was like, well, what does this do? Ah, uh, well, it does something. It does something useful and positive, but you can't use it in combat. Yep. <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> and the and the go away next long rest. So, um, make sure to use it in combat before this combat's over. 
<laughs> yeah. I, I don't know about that one. That's, you know. I mean, I like 13th Age overall as a system, but that... Yeah, that... no, me too. me too. It's my favorite version of D&D. Uh, also, <laughs> but also, yeah. Uh, remember that one. Uh, yeah. Uh... Oh, also, I really like the role-playing uh, mechanic in 5th edition called Inspiration. That That when you get it, obviates all the other advantage your character has. Because it's just advantage, and any other way you could get it is overshadowed by the fact that you're a good role player. So, but making people yeah. laugh at the table makes you more stabby as a rogue. It's it's a it's a it's a very interesting. Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be fair on that one. I actually didn't like the fact that it only has a single charge to it. And every time I've ended up playing 5th edition, nobody has ever used that rule. Ever. Yep. I know. It has always become something that people track multiple counts of it, and then you can spend it as a resource. Yeah, like fate points? So yeah, people basically. just put fake points. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, uh, I re I really like you know I really like Nobles's mechanic of of making sure that everybody remembers proper flower language, because it's a very useful thing to know. Oh wait, what? <laughs> I don't remember that part. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah, no. One of the one of the things that's important enough to put on your character sheet is what flower you're associated with in second edition, and I think in third edition too. Unless I'm forgetting something. No, you're probably right. I just don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> it sure huh. left a lasting impression on you, didn't it? Mm -hmm. Me? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I read the book. I actually haven't played Nobilis. I would I would I would like to play it probably at some point, but it's yeah, I, it's I mean, one it's one of those ones where people look at it and go, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I'm in a pretty similar situation. Uh yeah. Yeah. Like I believe it was on my list of games I most want to play uh, when we did that. Um, anyway. We should just play it then. Like, at least two of us want to play it. Okay. Sure. Okay. Set a time at some point, then we will totally play Nobilis. And if only there were people that were listening who would join us... No. Yeah, if only. <laughs> I don't know. They're probably like smelly role-playing gamers. I don't know if I want to deal with those kind of people. Yeah, yeah, no. Bunch of noids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Uh, what was I going to say? What were you going to say? Oh, so uh, I really enjoy how Monty Cook's Invisible Sun is a brilliant game that's very approachable with with a $250 price tag, no PDFs, and four books, and a thousand cards. Yep, yeah. yeah. Uh, in general, I really appreciate uh, Monty Cook's in a uh, very clear direction on what he thinks should happen, and uh how should i phrase this i'm trying 
Yeah, I can't do this sarcastically. I really appreciate Monty Cook's idea that of vaguely knowing what he, what type of game he wants to make and then ruining it with a, its own ideas on what a game master should be. <laughs> and assuming that and assuming that his mechanics work because the game master will make sure it works. They will drag the players kicking and screaming into making it more do. So he doesn't need to worry about the fact that things don't line up right. If somebody is trying to cheat, clearly what they should try to cheat, in air quotes, actually. Uh, if somebody's trying to cheat, uh, clearly the solution for that is that the GM should punish them. <laughs> that, that solves all problems. Oh, by punching them in the face, right? No, different game. <laughs> I know it's a different game, but this is clearly the mechanic that every game should adopt. <laughs> Yeah, actually, talk about the punching in the, the the actual rules as written punch a person in the face game. <laughs> Fred, have you heard about this? Guess what? It's from Russia. <laughs> None of this is surprising to me. I. It's not. <laughs> you you have please, cat. You must still have the link to this. It's too good I, for you have just to. Start I don't it. know where I put it, but I okay. have it somewhere. But yes, it's. Basically, some, as far as I can tell, they are extremely non-functioning autistic to the degree that they really, really get picky about how people roll the dice. So they've built like a physical dice rolling box, box. that you have to use. Mm. You have to roll the dice in such a way that they hit the bottom and bounce off one of the walls at least once. So you can't just like drop the dice straight down or anything. If you roll the dice in such a way that they basically do not uh, bounce properly and give like a random result, then basically you have to re-roll over again. If you fail to roll the dice properly three times in a row, it's the GM's job to literally punch you in the face. Yeah, that... Because you are attempting to cheat. <laughs> oh, I, man. It, it is just somebody who is really, really strict about people cheating at dice rolls. Like, people do get this pissy about this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, Most people do not. <laughs> It, it is weird, the, the idea of cheating in a game you can't lose. Yeah. Where, 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 where do you have to be psychologically I, to, to need that level of validation? I've known somebody who does that. I know, it's not pretty. Yeah. I had a couple <laughs> friends in high school who would do the whole, like, roll and then pick it up off the table and then say, ooh, I got an 18. No, I... I had the worst case, I think, of this, where they would hold their arm in front of them with, like, a sheet of paper over it so you couldn't see the roll, and they'd roll, and if they rolled well, you knew, because they'd be like, ah, 18. If they rolled poorly, you knew, because they'd go, ah, uh, 20. <laughs> Like, I, I ran out of 
breath, they went longer than that. Like every mm-hmm. time they rolled poorly because they were trying to think of a number that sounded good, but didn't sound like cheating. And every time they did that, they never got under an 18. So because they never, like, it meant they always got 18 or 20, 19 or 20 on every single roll because they'd cheat any time they didn't. They would cheat on a 17. Wow. I mean, yep, that's a good player. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a player who wants your game to be interesting and, you know, have some, like, challenges for their character and grow, you know. No. No. This was definitely somebody who wanted their pet uh, paladin to always succeed 100% at everything. The other players had no reason to exist. <laughs> mm. This is the same person who was the GM who made a game where the they let a player be an illusionist and then put every single enemy in the game immune to illusions. Right, right, okay. This is the, this is the, this is the, uh, oh no, this is the example of totally what to do as a, as a GM or player. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Be this guy. Yes, be this guy. Everybody will like you and hang out with yeah, you. Yeah, sure. And no one will talk, no one will talk bad about you on podcasts ever. Oh yeah. If your players make a choice in a game, um, you want to completely deny them any kind of good outcome from that choice. Because, if they if that choice you know influences their game in a good way and they get to have some fun with it, they've had fun and haven't right. earned that fun. You need to make sure that they earn that fun for hours. And plus, they subverted your plot. Yeah, exactly, they mess with your. Yes, but the misunderstand here. See, if the players are effective, then the GM's pet NPC is less effective because they haven't done a hundred percent of everything in the game. Yes. As a GM, make sure to have, have your pet NPC solve all the problems for the players. Yeah. That's fun. Yes. 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 Cause like when you're playing a role playing game, you don't want to like have challenges to overcome or, you know, an interesting narrative. You just want to watch some, like, guy that you kind of know jerk off for two hours and then go home. Well, I do. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's what everybody wants. Yeah. I have no comment on this. (laughs) Probably wise. Probably wise to read. (laughs) What are we doing? What are we doing? What we do every being, Friday night. Being dumb? <laughs> Try to take... No, wait. No, you just succeed. <laughs> succeed at See, here's the, the try to take over the world raw. Um, 20. <laughs> <laughs> took over the world. It was easy. 
Hey, you guys been uh, playing uh, any interesting games lately? That I are mean, good. Yes, not, but not the, all the more off topic. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, darn. <laughs> Only one that I can think of, and it's a video game, so it doesn't count for this. Mm. It's not really related to role playing games. Mm hmm. I wish I could play role playing games. Oh. Yeah, it's been a it's been a minute since since uh, I've gotten to, although it's 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 pretty nice that uh, uh, um, I, the 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 people are starting to relax around COVID and actually like gather again, but uh, it's it's uh, I've sort of. I don't know. I haven't been able to find like a solid group yet, so it's been it's been nebulous. Oh, there is but. that issue. Like for two years, there was lockdowns. People couldn't be near each other. Now things have opened up. You're allowed to be near each other, and what a lot of people have realized is they don't actually like being near other people. They only had to do it before because it was socially accepted that you would be near other people. Now that it's been shown that you don't have to be near other people, a lot of people really don't want to go back to that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's true in some circles, but I, yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, really think that's um, our generalization. I mean, I'm still. I think there's a lot of people who want to see other people. I mean, I like other humans, at least to a certain extent. Disgusting. <laughs> Dirty humos. You. <Ew>. Yeah. <laughs> God, I have been. I've, so I've been taking this microbiology course, um, and the human body is just a carnival of horrors <laughs> no it's great uh all the we're, we're an ecosystem I, <laughs> this is true it's just also kind of horrifying horrifying the more you learn about microbiology the more you realize that uh everything is fake and the rules are made up and everything larger than uh and everything mm -hmm. larger than one cell was actually is actually being inefficient. <laughs> you are 100% correct. It's, yeah, it's all a giant fucking perspective, perspective of illusion. It's a perspective of illusion. It's so weird that we have a singular perspective. Like, what the fuck? That makes no sense. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah. No, what I was also referring to is, like, even by mass, uh, monocellular organisms are lapping us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm yep. covered in them. Yep. Yeah, you are more bacteria than human cells. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, what is human cells? What does that mean, even? 
Well, the thing that I think I believe he was referring to the things that have mostly the same genetic blueprint, yeah. except for Ta if mostly, you're talking like I generally mean... the same genome <laughs> genetic blueprint, uh, and then like things that aren't that aren't yeah. just a lot. Yeah, but could we live without? Any, could we live without any of that stuff? <laughs> well, you could live without some of it. Yeah, people do live okay. without. A good portion of it, though it kind of sucks, as far as I understand. Yeah, it seems highly symbiotic to me. Mm -hmm. It's uh, one of those things that if you do take heavy antibacterials, like extreme degrees of it, they kind of need to actually replenish some mm -hmm. of those because. Oh, yeah. You kind of need some of those to survive. Yeah, yeah. transplant is a thing. food and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there are, there are, uh, the proportions vary, but it's like it's only about like fifty percent of them are actually doing something positive for you. That well, that we understand. Well, yeah. maybe some of them are trying to pull you apart too. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a fair bit just, of the, just <laughs> expected. There's a fair bit of that, and there's a fair. And there's a fair bit of that. Uh, there's a fair bit that's just like kind of neutral, because uh, the thing that uh, non-biologists don't really get is if something is kind of neutral, it just kind of stays around. Yeah, yeah. there's no reason to get rid of it. So yeah. <laughs> it's not hurting yeah. anything. Well, and even those things that are kind of neutral are somewhat positive because if they're kind of neutral, at least that means that there's. Think that there aren't things that are negative there. Mm. As I understand Mostly, yeah. it, yeah, I think Kevar knows a lot more than I do. <laughs> it, it, but that's not. Uh, how should I phrase this? Uh, a lot of what I find, like, or uh, like early university people and like school level people get wrong about evolution is evolution is not an optimization process. Mm -mm. It's a not actively worse the point of destruction process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's, a, it's just whatever allows you to thread the needle. That's as long as it's good enough, it's fine. It's, yeah, it's also it's, grading on a curve. It is a very interesting process, though. Like it makes a lot of sense if you do study it, and then you want to do like world design, and create monsters and such, like. It does make a lot of sense, but like you do tend to see things almost like an RPG where you're like your first level character. They started off doing things this particular way. It's like, I use magic to solve my problems, so I'm going to keep using magic even though everything I'm running into is immune to magic. But I've kind of gotten used to using magic as the only thing that I can do, so I That's guess I'm just going to focus on trying to penetrate magic resistance. <laughs> those, those are those are edge cases in island species, but yeah, that happens. It, it definitely that, does happen. Yeah, except for that one time the deer the deer killed themselves. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Which one time? What? Because there's a lot. Uh, oh, there, there is a popular story of 
about uh, species, uh, as particular species of deer that basically extinct themselves by selecting overly preciously towards large antlers to the point where large portions of their species couldn't survive because their antlers were too heavy. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> yep. I mean, let's be fair, there's, there's a reason why size queens and such are not the default. I, what? Like, just... Why did that if happen? Ev- <laughs> if everybody wanted to be... Like, all the guys want to have the bigger deck, supposedly. But if you kept going bigger and bigger, you'd get to most people, though. It is a standard thing that is generally accepted for a reason. But if you got past a certain point, you start running into complications. The reason why that's relevant is one of the major incentive factors on that particular thing was uh, reproductive selection. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, uh, what else can I complain about? Because you think I'd be very good at this, given that I... <laughs> the Irish elk. Megaloceros. It's not Irish nor an elk. It's a giant extinct deer. Oh, of course go. the fucking Irish elk drove themselves into extinction. The <laughs> Irish. God damn it. Holy shit! Yeah, those hor- those antlers are ginormous. That is ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I have to see this now. No, I'll. I'll, I'll here you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's its fucking head. Yep. See, see that. It looks that, like he- bat wings. They look like they look like okay. This looks like a a a a, a Japanese character designer who does exclusively elk, like bat eared anime girls made a deer. <laughs> okay, okay. So the the thing that's inaccurate about the skeleton is it is it's actually managed to keep its head up. Mm. Right. <laughs> its spine actually couldn't support the weight Damn. of its head. That is metal as fuck, though. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> It it does look metal as fuck. That yeah, is for it, sure. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. That is so crazy. I'm wow. This is like... this is okay. So this is an illustration of Kat's earlier point mm-hmm. <laughs> that that you can't say anything's unrealistic. You mm-hmm. just can't. Like that's ridiculous that that exists. Mm-hmm. That existed once it is ridiculous. Well, it, something similar has happened multiple times. Is the show. A yeah, lot I know. of times, like, look at, like, the thing most people would recognize is the concept of a peacock. It's like, here's a bright target. It takes a lot of energy to create these. It makes me a huge target for enemies to attack That's me. That's not true for peacocks. Uh, you're, you're using a bad example. Is it? Yeah, uh, their tails fold up most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. And but in they, the mating they season, unfold, they do yeah. display it. Yeah, they display it, and it's intimidating because it makes them look huge. There's Most that. animals don't fuck with it. Peacocks are actually very good at what they do, and also it's only males that do that, so the other half yeah, the species is fine. Like, they're, they're a bad example, is what I'm saying. I suppose. It does use a lot of energy to create it, though. Yeah, yeah. It does. 
It's like, <laughs> they're not perfect, but they are definitely a rule of, yeah, good enough. They definitely fall in that category. Yeah, fair enough. So game design. <laughs> yeah, game, <laughs> game, game, game design is where we is where we're intentionally selecting for pretty things and neat uh, neat logic. So we come sometimes uh, sp make people spend a lot of energy on useless things that are only for display, but uh, that's kind of the point of game, so it's different. <laughs> I I had a point here. Basically, basically, if you uh, uh, the peacock school, uh, the peacock school of character design is fine and good. Also, you should make your role playing games large and intimidating to scare off predators. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that actually explains some. That actually explains several games, including Caprices. <laughs> <laughs> and champions, yeah, champions hero hero sixth edition. That's definitely intimidating. That's a big. That's a thick book. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of the 256 page book that has uh, six rules. What? Wow, cool. <laughs> also, if there it is, some of the setting stuff is cool. This definitely sounds like a White Wolf book. No, white wolves. White wolves have books have fifty pages of rules. <laughs> anyway, actually, at the back of the book, it's not in the first hundred. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. You have to. You have to lead these people. You have to lead people in, <laughs> and then lock them. Lock the door. Lock the door. <laughs> and you pull them in with sexy vampires, and you lock them in the room. That's with right, and then of D tens. And and politics, <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? What what the fuck do I care what the prince of the city thinks? Well, you better care, or else you're going to have a very short afterlife. Okay, does that mean the game's over? No. Okay. <laughs> then there's only, there's only so much you can threaten me with here, buddy. <laughs> I am thinking. Uh... Now this game mostly justifies itself. Uh, I I was looking at a game that's fairly rules light, but then 123 pages long, and I'm like, yeah, no more. Look at it, and where I'm like, yeah, I guess some people like tables. <laughs> oh yes, tables, lots of tables. Actually, the more tables in your game, the better. Uh, especially if you have to use a table for literally everything you do. Oh God, what is the what is the name of that system? Where, oh God, there is a master. Uh, is it role master? Role uh, master was one of them. It's a very chart heavy game. Yeah, no, I'm thinking of a game where uh, th there is where basically you roll two d six and you check the result and you reference that with a different table based on you know, based on your modifier and that determines how successful you were. Uh, that is the damage table of whole. Oh, and okay. ang that was damage. It was uh, anguish factor versus armor. Uh, okay. I, don't, I, I think don't that wasn't what, the what I was referring to, but I believe you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will say, unironically, the damage table for anima was surprisingly effective because I didn't think it would be because it's like 
it factors in like your attack, your damage, the enemy's skills, and like armor and all of these different things into a single huge two-page table. And anytime you're in combat, you basically roll, check the table, and that tells you the outcome. And strangely enough, it actually worked. Which is weird, because it doesn't look like it should. It just looks like a convoluted mess. But in actual practice, anytime you're in combat, you roll, you check the table, and the table tells you the answer, and you don't have to do, like, a ton of complicated math. Huh. Yeah, that's actually that, that it seems like the idea of certain things, but without. Hmm. It was oddly functional, more than I would have thought possible. It's like D and D, except it removed all the math and just converted it into a table. Reference table, table tells you what happened for everything, and it's like that's weird. <laughs> Huh. I'm trying to. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find the chart somewhere. Mm. Yeah, you know what I love in role playing uh, games. What I love a lot is mm-hmm. in those yes. games where <clears throat> you roll to attack, like you roll your two hit, mm-hmm. and then you roll. Um, if if you hit, then you roll the area of the body that you hit, and then you roll again for oh your critical. And then you check a chart, and then you're done with your attack. Yeah, that's that's great. I love doing that every time. I'm thinking of um, the shot clock from um, Aces and Eights, where it's like you had to reposition <laughs> where your so there's a reticle, and you had to use like this uh, this outline of the person you were trying to shoot at, and then you put position the reticle right in the center of this person. Then, based on where what card you draw and what die number you roll, that changes where you position the new center of the reticle and the orientation of the reticle. Then you repeat that for every shot you take so that you get a scatter of where the bullets land, and if they land on top of that outline that is vaguely drawn, then you've hit. Um, and then you consult that table to figure out, like, was it a shoulder injury? Oh, brilliant. That took no time at all in in running. Oh, so smooth. God. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Although, although I believe the way you're supposed to do that is only use that for shootouts where it's a one-on-one duel and it actually matters where each little bullet goes. Uh, but yeah... <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that game that game has rules for fuck like it has mini games for everything <laughs> which i love different rule yeah, sets yeah. for if if uh if i'm on a jury and uh you represent the jurors with dice and then you have to flip the dice to a different side to represent uh if you you are hanged or not uh there are uh cattle drive mini game there's the uh yeah, jurors, cattle drive. What was another one? Uh, there's a lot of it's stuff about the markings of horses. Chase. Yeah. Oh, chases. Yes. Chase mini game. The shotgun. And actual poker. Yeah. Actual poker. Yes. Rules for no gamble. Yeah. Rules for poker games in a game where you're supposed to have poker cards at the table. 
<laughs> but you can sit, you can not play a game of poker by just rolling dice, but you're required to have poker cards nearby. So, you know, don't actually play poker, though, because that would be gambling, and that's evil. I don't want any of that. None. No. Strictly D&D and Satanic Rituals at our table. (laughs) Yeah, we want to contact Satan directly. We don't want none of this indirect bullshit. Correct, sir. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? What was the giggle? I appreciate your directness on these matters. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you're welcome. God, I think my book still has instructions on how to to burn it as a sacrifice. <laughs> Just in case. Yeah. <laughs> burn, burn this book immediately. <laughs> yeah. No, it's at the start of the book. It, it literally has a section that's like... Here's how you tear the pages up, and you're supposed to burn them in this way. Use this incense so that you can summon Cthulhu. And if you took any of this seriously, then you should not be playing this game. You have issues with dealing with reality. This is not safe. I mean, that's it's it's a useful caveat to have in the front. It is specifically to deal with people that have, like, satanic panic and stuff. It's like, if you took this seriously, no, just put the book down. You're, you're not well. <laughs> you're not well. I, <laughs> yeah. And see, now all I'm thinking of is including instructions in my game for how to use it to start a fire. But that would be totally serious. I mean, what in your game? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's on theme. A little scribble in the back. All right, here, like, like here is how you turn this book into a fire. Just include matches. Every copy. I I get the feeling that. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be good. You should get custom matchbooks. Oh man, that'd be sweet. That does sound great. You should totally have like one of those things where like. All of the notes and margins of the book are completely filled with notes. Mm. Ooh, hey, what if you had what if you had custom numbers on the match matches, right? So when you pulled out a match and burned it, and when it, where it burned out, like would be a random number. Oh, that's okay. I interesting. I mean, I I don't think that that's super random because I can usually like. Oh, don't ask me why I know this, but I can usually get a match to burn down pretty much all the way to the end. Um, yeah, but you have to put it down though, right? So um, like, so it'll like it'll burn out randomly. At some I, point. Yeah, I suppose you could light it and then like kind of toss it through the air, and that would could do that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds great. Oh, somebody's definitely getting their house burned down and blaming you Fuck for it. it. <laughs> So we lit the match and we threw it and it landed in like the garbage can with all the paper and <laughs> well okay one this did not that's, go that's over a problem. <laughs> like don't be lighting matches around garbage cans full of paper in a house at least 
And two, well, now you can just start playing the game in real life. Like, <laughs> I, you've created a perfect transition. Uh-huh. You wanted to know how to be a hobo? It's too much bleed. I'm this game so I wouldn't have to experience homelessness firsthand. Right. <laughs> I, uh, I really appreciate um, the various gum sh- the thing about the various gumshoe systems where God, how should I phrase this? I, I actually I'm trying to figure out how to phrase my actual complaint because there are a lot of things adjacent to it I like uh, where I have to ensure that I have most of the mystery planned out uh, beforehand. And those are <laughs> more or less need to have a right answer because that's that is exactly how I definitely do mysteries. No, <laughs> uh-huh. yep, yeah. everything plotted out and a clear oh. answer at the end and uh, like definite clues. Yeah. Well, how are you supposed to do a who done it if you don't know who done it? That would be like making. A movie based on Clue and then making a separate ending for each of the possible people and randomizing it in the theater. Nobody would do that. Other than the people who did. That was great. Like, yeah. Yeah, unironically. Unironically, everybody go. That's possible. Unironically, everybody turn this podcast off and go watch Clue right now. It, it, it is one of the it is one of the like ten movies I've oh seen. Oh my god! <laughs> no, uh, one of my friends really wanted to watch it, uh, so I ended up and I ended up being in the same room. So I so I watched it. <laughs> That's really all it takes. I just need to. I just need to be in the same room and not have anything better to do for an hour and a half, and I'll watch a movie. <laughs> but other than that, no. It can be kind of complicated at times. Uh-huh, yep. Uh, particularly since... Particularly since uh, uh, I tend to uh, claim a lot of my extended periods of free time for other things, like running role-playing games, or... Mm-hmm. Being in certain places, you know. Yep. Existing in certain places, mm. not doing yeah. anything when you're there. Just I don't know if I want to go that far. Yeah, no, no. You'd you'd be surprised how how much of my my uh, college age career what that was that. Uh, it, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably not. But. I mean, I I wouldn't say I wasn't doing anything, but the but the plan of what I was doing there was not the primary. Da, da, da. You know what I mean? Like I was in a place, and what happened there is what happened there. Anyway, <laughs> strangely it's... enough, I actually understand this perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, so, it makes sense. It's so cryptic and vague. <laughs> It, it's it's cryptic and vague because I am summing up like sixteen different things that activities. It's not intentionally cryptic, is what I'm saying. It is. Mm. I oh yes, I will go. I want to be at 
Uh, my friend said I should be at this bar at this time. Da da da. So I should make sure I'm there. Da da da. Uh, or this. Yes, your friends. Sorry, but just gonna say, for people listening in, this probably sounds like you worked for the mafia. <laughs> yeah, it probably does. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, as you know, college kids are wont to do. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I am pretty sure that at some point I worked for some criminal organization. Anyway, uh, that's fine. <laughs> oh, who hasn't just accidentally anyway, worked uh, for some criminals? I mean, that's just daily <laughs> life. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's this guy and he yeah. comes to my house like once a week and he gives me this big package of like white powder and he tells me to go sell it to people. I don't know. It's weird. But I'm pretty sure it's no, cool, right? No, no, <laughs> not that. There are. That's not how most people do that. Anyway, no. no like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you are actually a dealer, you know what you're doing. Yeah, uh, you are that, definitely that is... helping your case. <laughs> yeah, of, of course. I, uh, I, I am definitely on this podcast as as saying. Uh, my official um, for the official record that I have never done a drug. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is Kavar is totally here just to make sure that we stay on topic if we know what's good for us. Anyway, I kind of lost the plot there, but yeah, no, like uh, it would be like, or I need to be, or I want to be down at the park because that or i want to take a walk through this area etc or some of my friends will be here will be here or you know all kinds of those little things would be what my plan would be scheduled as so and what happens there is what happens there that that was how a lot of my like college age scheduling worked so yeah i hope that clarified the point rob and no what <laughs> <laughs> Remember this? This started with you saying you're being so weird and vague, and, and, I, then, and I was no. And then you continued somehow... to be weird and vague. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what how you, I'm supposed no, to be more specific. It's perfectly than that. fine. It's just like you just kept being. You just be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be at the park with my friends doing stuff. Friends. Like... What happened at that place? <laughs> what the fuck? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, so, yeah. Well, yeah. Obviously, well, yeah. I could have told that whole fucking story. It's not a story. I'm, it's just. I know it's not a story. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> the entire point is, I didn't necessarily know what it was going to end up happening. It is kind of important. So. I don't know what ended up happening, and that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, because it varied. It but that's on... but you you tell the <laughs> okay. Storytelling. <laughs> I was trying to tell a story. I was trying to clarify a point. There's a big difference of why I was being vague. The point because... you were trying to cl- okay. The point you're trying to clarify was the fact that you were being vague about the story. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we should probably move on. Tell us what the fuck is going on. It's it's fine. Uh, I also. Uh, once again, I definitely never did drugs. Uh, anyway. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> anyway, but sorry. What's <laughs> happening? I, I, re I really, I don't know what's going on. This is, this is the weirdest this has ever gotten. Like, I, I am so is, first of all, this is the most you've ever talked ever. So, and it's about nothing. Yep. <laughs> what, you expected me to, to give concrete facts and no. clear? I don't know. In a conversation, yeah. Sue me. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I am not convinced Kavar is not actually a politician. Uh, I'm certain he's some kind of politician. You work for the government in some capacity. There's no other way you could <laughs> learn to be this cryptic in a matter of course. Unless you were also a vampire, in which case you definitely work for the government. Hey, it's, it's possible that I work for uh, any number of corporations. <laughs> are that are also it? vampire government entities. I see you. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, I no, that actually it was out. because Kavar oh. was some sort of like strange wizard, and if we knew more about him, he would lose all of his powers. No, I'm the strange wizard for whom, if you know more about me, I lose all my powers. That's a different thing. Kavar is the other thing. Kavar, <laughs> Kavar, uh, is explicitly uh, has a reference on their uh, on their name in this podcast that uh, to a thing where if you know its true nature, it ceases to exist. So I don't know. <laughs> anyway, anyway role playing on. games. <laughs> See, I understood that more than the I understood that more than the other shit you said. Yep, exactly. Okay. I mean, that sounds like. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference, almost. Yeah, yeah, I wish it was. Anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, could uh, da, da, da. Uh, I like I like having to figure out how to steer in Rogue Trader. That is definitely something that makes the gate that makes the grid system easier to deal with than <laughs> if it was just I got to choose where I moved. <laughs> anyway. I don't, I don't disagree with you. Out of the warp. Yeah. Yeah. What? Okay. No, this, this has nothing to do with the warp. This is like space travel. Yeah, you have to steer the ships for no goddamn reason. I, I know. What? Just so, in case. I don't know why they needed steerage rules in that game. Right? The ships are a kilometer fucking long. It doesn't make any sense. That's what yeah. the fucking astropath is for. I know. It's just a guy making a role going, the ship goes this way, I talk to the machine spirit, and blah, all this stuff happens. No one person steers the ship in 40k. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you, t you tell the you tell the rogue trader he's, sure he's steering the ship to make him feel better about himself. That is the only <laughs> version of that that makes sense. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> You want to make sure that you want to make the rogue trader think that he has control over the ship, and it's not the work, the effort of the three thousand or so people who live on the ship and whose entire job it is, like it is an entire family clan's duty to reload the weapons. Like that, that is a job for multiple hundred people. But clearly, the rogue trader is fully in control of the ship. Yep. Good thing they don't unionize. Yeah, well, I mean, where would they go? I mean, there's no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> honestly, but honestly, by the standards of places you can live in the 40k galaxy, uh, living in the cannons of on a rogue trader ship is one of the highest qualities of life that you can expect. Like you're in the top ten percent there. Oh, easily top yeah. one. 
Yeah, yeah. No, you you have you, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Dystopian futures to a new level. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, that's it's one of the safest places to be in 40k by far. Yeah, I mean, sure your rogue trader might get lost in the war, but that's way less likely than if you were in the Imperial Legion and and you were on a ship that was traveling through the warp. Like they tend to have better navigators. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Happens when you have money. Yeah. Or the idea of money, as most rogue traders do. Um <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I actually like that. About that came quite a bit. That you don't, you don't actually have money. Yep, you don't it's... actually have money. Most rogue traders are have incomprehensible amounts of debt. Actually, it's by and large. Uh... Yeah, but keep in mind, they weren't wrong when they made the point that if I owe you a hundred dollars, then. I have a problem. But if I owe you a hundred million dollars, then you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That yeah. That's how that's exactly how large banks exist. Yep. And that's it's what rogue traders are modeled after, which is kind of funny. Yep. Like just Corporations that go into massive debt and then uh, sell the debt uh, somehow, and uh, then cut up the debt and and then bet on the debt never being returned. So when it defaults, they make money. Yep, I actually know how they did that. (laughs) And it's actually used to sell it so that other people. Companies can purchase debt so that they can be like, oh, we didn't make money this year, so our taxes are lower. Yeah. The economy is strange. Yes, and it's gone fucked up shit. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Kind of. Well, it's it's functional-ish. It looks functional from here. It's functional as long as you don't look at it closely or see how it's actually functioning. And then it's like, oh. Yeah, uh, it's functional as long as you assume that uh, we will be making exponentially more profit forever. Forever. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's not going to happen. Yep. (laughs) No. Sounds like an embedded growth obligation to me. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely not a pyramid scheme. No, no egos here. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so anybody else have any other role playing game things they want to complain about? Uh, I mean, you mean lunch? Yeah, praise to high heaven. Praise to high heaven. I enjoy the concept of having triple digits of hit points. Yes, chewing through hit points. I got you, fam. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. The number is fun. I like numbers. I have had number crunches repeatedly, too. Sorry. (laughs) It's fine. Uh, There there are situations. 
What's really funny is um, when players have uh, triple-digit health and they can deal quadruple-digit damage. Is that a thing? What game is that from? Uh, that is that is level nine plus thirteenth uh, oh, age. Oh yeah, but that's just a multiplier. That's just a times yeah, ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not as bad as it sounds. <laughs> no, it really isn't. It's just it's it's supposed to be absurd at that scale. They're just like ah, fuck it. Yep. And kind of fair enough. I mean, it's it it. It's kind of weird that the game's short because the power scaling is like even more ridiculous than D and D. Like we're like, hey, I'm uh, a fifty year old wizard, and by the time I'm fifty one, uh, I went from first level to twentieth levels. Well, it admits that. Uh, yeah, you're living in dangerous times in thirteenth age, and uh, that's true. And also, it it actually technically, D and D realistically only has ten levels. It just doesn't lie about it. it just that's, compresses it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Which ten levels are they though? Oh, uh, they are they are levels three, five, seven, nine, etc. Et mm-hmm. <laughs> if I remember D and D correctly, yeah, it's it's just the you because they distribute the stuff. It just yeah, the numbers go up at this level, the abilities go up at this level, etc. Mm-hmm. And you can just compress that into the numbers and abilities go up at the same level, and then you only have twenty levels of stuff or ten levels of stuff, as Shadow of the Demon Lord does. Except mm-hmm. the numbers don't really go up in Shadow of the Demon Lord, which is kind of cool. Oh. It it does remain a gritty, dark fantasy game in which you become vaguely more powerful at the end than at the beginning. Whereas uh, in 13th Age, you start as powerful enough to be interesting, and you end as you know, cool demigod candidate. Yeah. Powerful enough to no longer be interesting. <laughs> no, you're, st- you're, 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 you're still interesting at the... You're like you're, you're Hercules at the end of his everything, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Mo- uh, I feel like this might just be my experience, but I feel like most 13th Age uh, campaigns end with, well, we killed X number of icons, so I guess one of us gets to be one. <laughs> huh. Well, I've never, I taken like- a 13th- I've never taken a 13th Age game that long, but that sounds about right. Yep. Well, if you kill off all the gods, someone's got to replace them. Who's powerful enough to do that well here's people who are powerful enough to kill the gods therefore it's kind of a short list (laughs) the entire premise of your game isn't it kind of yeah i would yeah i only like i i heard about one like two other campaigns and the end of the Savoy, and my campaign of 13th age ended with them joking about how they would replace all the uh, quote-unquote evil-aligned uh, <laughs> because of where the campaign ended and who they were. The, all of the, They just take on the names of all the evil-aligned ones and, you know, it's pretty an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. 
Also, also the Crusader being a gnome is way cuter. <laughs> I don't know. I have an inherent reflexive need to punt the gnome. Yeah, uh, good good luck. Uh, she probably can't punch you back, but... Uh... Oh, God, it's darkness. Huh? Oh, Sorry, it's better not to explain that reference. Okay, that, that's good. Uh, only because the player's dice look is very bad, unless you were huge. They 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 con they were very good at fighting huge things for some reason, or at least that's what the memory version of the campaign was. It's like, huh. oh yeah, common enemy, you know, can't hit that. Uh, but I can't, so it can't hurt me in any way that matters either. Uh, oh, the. This boss foe. Okay, I'll just crit 16 times in a row, and it'll be dead. <laughs> yep. Okay. Anyway. I think we've beaten this topic way to death. So, yes, we have. So yeah, dead. Uh, happy April Fools, everyone. We, the, I'm pretty sure you figured out what the premise of this was. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Or good morning. Uh, it's it's good night. It's good night. It's night where you are. It's always night where you are. That's the whole. <clears throat> that's what we do here. Yeah. I mean, it it's being for me, so yeah. Yes, it is past midnight for Cat. So Cat needs to go to sleep. Everybody. <laughs> yeah.